Hey guys, it's good to come your way once again this Sunday. And wherever you're watching me from, I just want to welcome you to our online service this morning. And I believe that God has a word for you this morning. And so God has made an appointment with you um, to listen to his voice, to hear his word, and to make an impact in your life. And before I start with anything, what an amazing word we had last week from Sister Tawana about finding our purpose in every season. And I believe that that is such a good word for all of us, especially in these times of navigating through um, the difficult challenges that we have uh, facing us. But what I want to assure you is that we are all in this together and we're going to get through this together. Amen. Before I start, can we share a word of prayer? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. And we pray, oh God, that even as we have met as a church to commune, to take communion, we pray that, God, we shall experience the full benefits of communion. We pray that we'll be able to receive fresh revelation from your word and to know what you have readily made available for us through communion. We give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So church, as I was in prayer concerning what God wanted me to share with the church um, today, I heard God speak to me specifically that I want my people to know the power in the blood of Jesus, the power of the blood of Jesus. And so I'll title this sermon, The Mystery of Communion, Part 2, but it's on the blood, the power of the blood of Jesus. Can you shout a big amen? Amen. amen. So the power of the blood of Jesus has provided everything we need to live a life of victory including redemption, fellowship, healing, protection, and authority over the works of the devil. And when we receive the revelation of the power of the blood of Jesus, we literally begin to operate in the fullness of its power. Amen. Now, as Christians, most of us, I believe, know about the blood. We think about the blood at times, my favorite being uh, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus and so on and so forth. And every time we come to communion, we talk about the blood of Jesus. But how many of us truly know how deep this power runs and all that it has provided for us? Even more importantly, how many of us use it or apply it to our everyday lives? Now, from Genesis to Revelation, the word the blood it's laid bread before us in the scriptures. We can talk about the sacrifice of Abel, Noah, Isaac, the Passover lamb, and all that. Even the giving of the law, it all came to pass, but not without blood. You can see this in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 7, and I'll read. It says about into the second part, the high priest went alone once a year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the people's sins committed in ignorance. So what the scripture is saying is that the high priest goes into the Holy of Holies to present the blood, the blood of bulls, of lamb, to, to, to present the blood as a way of forgiveness of his sins and the sins of the people. So 
What it really means is that the blood symbolizes cleansing and purification. It is the settling of a matter, and we'll get to that in a bit. So now, what I really want to do is to share with you some thoughts, as the Holy Spirit gives me inspiration, on the blood of Jesus and what it has made available to us. I said the, blood of, the power of the blood of Jesus has made available to us everything to live a life of victory. I made mention of redemption. Now, there is redemption through the blood of Jesus. And we can see this in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. That says that we have redemption through his blood, speaking about the blood of Jesus. And we all know the story about Adam and Eve. And um, the Bible says that uh, the Satan in the form of a serpent came to deceive Eve to sin against God or uh, to disobey God. And so Eve took of the fruit of the garden that God had instructed them not to eat, which is making reference to the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. And my Bible says that Eve gave this fruit to his husband, Adam, to eat. Now, Adam also took of the fruit. And so by Adam partaking of the fruit, they disobeyed God. And because they did that, they gave their authority to the devil. They lost their place to the devil. And so God had to literally send them out of the garden because they had sinned. And by sinning, they literally died in the sense that they were separated from God. And from that day on, everything changed. Everything changed. Because the Bible says in Romans chapter 5, verse 12, that because of the sin of one man, death passed on to every man, because all have sinned. And it looked like that was the end, but God had a plan. And I, I was excited when Mr. Tawana said that even in the midst of a pandemic, God has a plan. So what was God's plan? God's plan was a plan of redemption. God's plan was to pay the price for the sin that man had committed. And so what God did was to send his only son to come and die for the sin of man. And when, when we look at the Bible in Romans 5, verse 12, 12 as I, I already mentioned, that death reigned from one man to the other. And so there had to be the shedding of blood for the forgiveness of sins. But you and I know that this blood that had to be shed was a very great uh, prize of redemption for man. So God couldn't use the blood of goats and bulls because the Bible says that the blood of goats and bulls was unable to save the people from sin because it had to be done yearly. Every year the high priest had to do this. So in the eternal purpose of God, he had to send his only son to die for the redemption of the whole world which is the greatest sacrifice of God for man, the blood of his son, Jesus. Now, the greatest, the greatest thing that the blood of Jesus did for us was that it washed away all our sins and it made us clean and pure, as white as snow. So from the minute you receive Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, you receive the forgiveness of sins which is the cleansing and purification of 
of, of your, 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 um, who you are in the name of Jesus. And that is how powerful the blood of Jesus is. Now, the best part of this is you don't need to pay for it because God has, uh, Jesus has already made it available. And when I was studying through the scripture, the revelation that came to me is, take it for instance, you go to Kmart or any of the grocery stores and you make a purchase, especially for Kmart. The moment you, step, you are about to step out of the door, you are asked to show a receipt. Now, the receipt is the evidence of your purchase. So the Holy Spirit said to me that the receipt of our purchase is the blood of Jesus. He is holding the receipt of our purchase. And so we don't need to pay for our sins because Jesus has paid for our sins. And that has empowered us to live a life of righteousness in the name of Jesus. In addition to the redemption for, from sin, uh, we have also, the blood has also set us free from the cares of the law, such that we are able to walk uh, in the blessing of Abraham, because the blessing of Abraham has come upon us. And we can see this in Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. So that is about redemption through the blood of Jesus. The second thing I want to share with you is that we have fellowship with God through the blood of Jesus. And the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19, that having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Now, many times or oftentimes when we think about fellowship, what comes to mind is, I mean, having a nice time with family, especially now that we have in social um, distancing and isolation and um, lockdowns everywhere and restrictions everywhere. And it's a good time for families to come together and to fellowship. Now, the word fellowship also means friendship. And so we have, uh, we have friendship with God because that price of our fellowship has been bought. Now, before Adam fell in the Garden of Eden, Adam enjoyed tremendous fellowship. He had a great friendship with God. The Bible says that God would come in the cool of the day to the garden and just fellowship with Adam. So when Adam fell, that fellowship was broken because there was a separation between God and man. But thankfully, Jesus came to restore us to that fellowship. And so I want you to just declare that you have fellowship with God. You have friendship with God. And the moment you accept God as Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, the door is open for you to enjoy friendship with him. And so I'd like to say that because of the blood of Jesus, you and I have access to the presence of God. And we can see that also uh, in 1 Corinthians 11, 23 to 26. That says that whenever we take communion, we should remember that we have fellowship or we have friendship with God. So I'd like to say also that that means that communion is much deeper than just a religious practice. It is a recognition of the fellowship we have with God through the blood of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And finally, I also want to share with you that we have healing through the blood of Jesus. The Bible says in Isaiah 53 verse 5, and I'm just going to read uh, that. So if you have your Bible, just take it and then we read it uh, together. 
Isaiah 53, verse 5. If you are there, shout a big amen. Amen. I'll start with verse 3. He says that he is despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. And this is the best part. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. So church, I want you to know that when we take communion, we need to think of the power of healing in communion. Because really there is power in the communion to heal every sickness and every disease. The Bible says that by the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. Now, most Christians take the emblem of communion uh, and, and the blood and say, oh, through the blood of Jesus, our sins is washed. Praise God for that. But there is more. There is healing in the blood of Jesus as we have seen. So Jesus' sacrifice covers every area of man's existence because he bore spiritual torment for our sins. He bore mental distress for our worries. So you don't need to live a life of anxiety and de depression. But what you need to do is to take access of what God has readily made available for us through the blood of Jesus. And I also want to say that don't just receive it, receive it in full. Receive everything that the blood of Jesus has made for you. Receive redemption, receive fellowship, receive um, um, healing in the blood of Jesus. And very soon we're going to go to the table of the Lord. And by partaking in that, we are seeing that we are receiving everything that the communion has made available for us. Now, the best part also about the blood of Jesus ministering healing to us is that if you want the blood of Jesus to set you free from every sickness and every disease, the blood of Jesus does not have any side effect. And it is free. Most importantly, you don't need to consult your GP before you take the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. You don't need a prescription before you take the blood of Jesus. It's just a matter of believing in what the blood of Jesus has made available. And I thank God for the revelation that is coming to us in these times, even as we partake of it. So Jesus provided all this through his blood. And what the church needs to do is to appropriate the blood of Jesus for their everyday life. And so I just want to share with you the emblem this morning. We have the bread and we have um, the juice. Uh, you can go for wine if you want. Um, but these are just symbols for the communion. And so before I share with you, I want us to look at Luke chapter 22, verse 19 to 20. And it says that, and he took bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Now, Jesus was in a room with his disciples, and even in the presence 
of him was the one who was going to uh, um, give him up uh, for, for his death. It's the one who was going to betray him. What's exciting is that Jesus didn't say that because you are going to betray me, I'm not going to break bread with you. He broke bread with everyone. That shows that his sacrifice was not just for a selected few. The sacrifice was for everyone. And what we need to do is to be able to walk in the reality of this truth. And as I, I read this scripture, it, it became, I became a bit perplexed. It was amazing that I was thinking, because if something can break, not a body, if something can break, what we'll think about is the bones in the human body that can break. But the Bible says that the body of Jesus was broken for us. And so the Holy Spirit ministered to me that what the scripture is saying is within the body of Jesus was the limitation of man. Within the body of Jesus, the Bible says that our sin was laid upon him. And within the body of Jesus was the limitation of sickness, insufficiency, anxiety, depression, every limitation that is in man. And so that limitation in man was broken for us. Amen. So that now... We don't need to walk a, sin, a life of sin, I beg your pardon, but we have to live a life of righteousness. We don't need to live in our diseases and our sickness. We need to take healing from the, the, the blood of Jesus and the, and the body of Jesus. So what I want you to know is that this is the time to accept the reality of the truth, that any perceived limitation, any limit, limiting beliefs, like Tawana said last week, in us has to go when we partake of the communion. And we need a revelation of this truth to be able to receive what communion has readily made available to us. So wherever you are, just call your friends, call your family, share the page, tell people we're having communion, and together we'll join as one big family and partake of the communion. So the Bible says that Jesus um, gave thanks before he shared the communion. So, Father, I thank you for the communion. And he took the bread and he broke it. So I want you to take something that you can rip apart, something that you can break. It can be crackers, it can be um, whatever, pancake, it can even be pancake, it can be bread, whatever it is that you can rip apart so that we can see the power in it when Jesus' body was ripped apart for us. And together we're gonna to take the bread. The Bible says that after he had taken the bread, he also took the juice. Hallelujah, amen. So, beloved, I want you to know that God has made everything available for us to live a life of victory. And it is time for the church to come to the reality of this truth and to be able to experience and operate in the fullness of its power. Don't just settle for anything that the enemy makes you to believe. Don't think that you are not enough for God. God has a use for you, and through the communion, we are able to partake in this truth. Now, it's exciting that communion also means fellowship. It also means participation. 
So whenever we do this, we are participating in the finished work of Christ. So wherever you are, I want you to know that there is power available for you in the communion. And whenever that you feel like it, just take the communion because there is power in it. Can I say a word of prayer? Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your power that is available for us through the blood of Jesus. I thank you for the revelation of the word that has come unto us this morning. And I thank you that your people have come to the knowledge of this truth. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are in us and you have taught us this truth. And I pray, O oh God, that everyone at the sound of my voice will be able to walk in this power all the days of their lives in the mighty name of Jesus. As you can tell, um, amen. As you can tell, I'm excited. I even forgot to say amen. I'm so excited for you because I know that God just invaded your house with his presence and with his power. And the spirit of God is breaking everything that you thought that could not be broken in the name of Jesus. That cancer is leaving your body in the name of Jesus. That anxiety and depression is leaving your body in the name of Jesus. And there is restoration coming to you and your household in the name of Jesus. So we love you and we thank you so much for joining us this morning. God richly bless you. Amen.